Sterling Burnett, Ph.D., Senior Fellow, the Heartland Institute. Thank you very much for joining us today. And what we're talking about today is an article that was written in the Heartland Institute. You can go to the website, heartland.org, and check out Mr. H. Sterling Burnett, Ph.D. Uh, his recent sit down, I, I don't know if it's a sit down or an email back and forth or a phone conversation, but it was an interview with uh, Senator Cook from Colorado, who I've met. I sat on a panel with him last summer in Colorado. So uh, we, I, that's kind of the crux of the interview here. How are you doing today? Well, you know, I'm doing well, doing well today is got a beautiful October day. We got a little rain this morning, but uh, yeah, I, uh, I've known Senator Cook uh, for a couple of years now. I know his wife, uh, who works at the Independent Institute as well, uh, Independence Institute, sorry, um, and um, I saw him at a conference in August, and we started talking about energy issues in Colorado, and he not only did he consented to do a, a written interview with me where I submitted a, a three or four questions to him. But we did a podcast uh, on the same topic, so he got to explore his uh, concerns a little more in the podcast. Uh, they can find that online as well. And what was kind of the the theme of the uh, of the interview with well, him? What was it? Was it, was, it more it was, towards it was, the Colorado? Uh, you know, just what's going on there politically, or was it kind of looking ahead, or kind of the story of how it came about? Or well, it, it, it sort of did all three. Um, what it was is, what fascinated me is, is Colorado's newly minted Democratic majorities, um, they basically have told their citizens, we don't care what you want, we care what the National Democratic Party wants, and they start passing a series of laws that ignored um, the, the explicit uh, well-being and wishes of the people of Colorado. So, for instance... During the last election cycle, uh, 2018, Coloradans had a chance to vote directly on a law that would have restricted, heavily restricted oil and gas production in the state. Uh, it would have pr provided a setback of 2,500 feet from any new oil and gas well, uh, restricted licensing if, if, if you weren't 2,500 feet back. And the estimates are that would have uh, reduced revenue to the schools, reduced revenue to the states, resulted in job losses, and basically put 85% of private property and state land in Colorado off limits to new oil and gas production. They couldn't touch federal land. Now, the voters overwhelmingly rejected that those restrictions. They, they, I think it was like 63 to 37, but it, was, it wasn't close. It wasn't like two or three percentage points. And uh, yet, one of the first bills that newly minted Democrats, they, they voted for against restrictions on oil and gas, and they voted for legislators who basically didn't like oil and gas. And so they then passed a law that they said, it's oh, we're, we're for local control. We want to give more local control because uh, various localities had challenged oil and gas drilling in the state um, in court, and the court said, no, this is a state issue. State law specifies we have an agency uh, that does the licensing and does the safety checks and does the monitoring, and they're in charge, not any locality, state preemption. Well, they said, no, 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 we're going to give localities more say. But that's not what it does. It, it basically sets up, um, the way it's set up now is 
let's say you want to allow oil and gas drilling in a county in Colorado. And two counties over, or three counties over, there's Boulder County. And they don't like oil and gas drilling anywhere in Colorado. So they file a petition with the state. They say, no, no, no. We want to know everything about the oil and gas drilling before it goes forward. So you actually have to answer uh, questions, satisfy concerns of other counties. So basically, it, it, it not only does not help local control, it preempts local control. It gives localities, sometimes far distant, control over oil and gas drilling. It says that no, it removed, moved all the caps on the fees for oil and gas drilling at the state level. So the state can charge whatever it wants. It lets other it lets counties set standards and then apply those standards, force the state to apply those standards to other counties, basically dictating to oil and gas counties uh, what urban counties want. That doesn't sound to me like local control, and it certainly is even worse than the bill that the voters directly rejected. So, so let, 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 let me ask you this. Sorry to interject for just a second, but, um, I you know, I've seen – headlines and summaries about both sides of it that this is going to be unbelievable for local control because of this commission they set up to you know it's all smoke and mirrors and and this and that and everything um what what what, what's your opinion on that and also did senator cook talk about that well yeah i mean how can it be local control if if we in one county that does a lot of oil and gas drilling, no longer control oil and gas drilling in our county. You, you've basically told, told urban areas, Denver, Boulder, uh, Colorado Springs, that they get to tell me how to drill or whether we're even allowed to drill. And, and the law also uh, basically said we can set higher standards. Different counties can set higher standards in the state, but no state – no county can set its own rules that are lower than the highest standard set by some other county. And no drilling, no permitting goes forward until all the state's rules to enforce this new law are written, which could be two years. So basically no new drilling is going on now. That is not local control. I saw actually today where yesterday the anti-fracking groups are trying to get passed by a judge that there's no drilling until this this you know kerfuffle gets ironed out to a T so that they well, can they, they can issue no new permits or anything like that. Well by law by, by this law they can't until all the new rules are written. Now maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they maybe unlike any bureaucracy in the history of government uh, anywhere they acted rapidly and already have all the new rules written. But the truth is, under the law, until all the new rules are written to be enforced, no permitting can go forward anyway. I, I don't understand why they're suing since I can apply for a permit right now unless the rules – and I don't know that they are. I don't believe that they are. Unless all the rules are written, you can't get a permit now because that's what the law says. No, I think they're issuing some permits right now because the way they're, they're looking at it until – the law is final, and it's 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 all the way down to the T. We're just going to keep doing business as usual. And well, I don't, I, I don't, honestly, I don't know how they can do that because the law is as final as it can be. And that's why I think the anti-fracking groups are stepping in and saying, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa hold the horses here." So, it's it, 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 nevertheless, it's not good for business at all. 
and and so did did, did you and senator cook talk about that about the economic impact we're talking millions of dollars for schools that that there are counties now that haven't raised uh you know haven't had to go for bond elections to raise money for their schools for uh going on a decade because of the oil and gas revenues are paying for all this stuff but when when current wells start petering out and no new wells are being drilled they're going to have to get that revenue somewhere. Uh, taxes are going to rise. Their jobs are going to be lost. And, uh, and it's going to affect state coffers. It's going to affect local coffers. It's, it's been, I can see no good because the state agency before was very clear. Fracking and oil and gas production were not harming the environment. They were not harming human health. There is no evidence that that was taking place in Colorado. So there was no need for these things. This is just environmentalists, radical environmentalists, who basically control the major metropolitan areas in Colorado, uh, saying we don't want oil and gas production at all because we want to control how people live. How about when it comes to the studies and the science? Did, Did you and Senator Cook talk about that at all? Well, like I said, the Colorado Oil and Gas Commission has looked, they commissioned their own studies, they looked at outside studies, they found no evidence whatsoever that oil and gas production in Colorado or fracking, more particularly in Colorado, was causing water pollution, was causing air pollution, was causing any harm to human health. So the studies were clear. They they couldn't produce a single study on the other side that said, oh, people are getting sick because of this. Oh, oh, the water is being polluted because of this. The only people that say that is environmental groups, not a, not a peer-reviewed study, because every peer-reviewed study they looked at and they examined them <laughs> said just the opposite. They could find no evidence of that. And so they were playing on fears. Well, we can't prove it, but we just know it's true. Just believe, Don't believe your lying eyes. Believe what we're telling you. That's what environmentalists push. They're always, they're, 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 their claims, these kinds of pushes are always based on fear of what could be happening, not any evidence of what is actually happening. Do you get a comment on how the oil and gas industry or the energy industry like this got so politically polarized to where we've got you know California doing what they're doing and you got Colorado now trying to ban an industry? I mean, that's real, and this is all based on political political posturing, really. I, I, Look, I, I can't understand how – I think it's because the liberal establishment has taken over the education system. And so we've raised a generation of people who say we don't trust government when it comes to our privacy, but we do trust them with everything else. They know better for us how we should live our lives. I've never seen a generation of sheep like the generation of sheep we are turning out of high schools and colleges today where they don't question – you know, in the 60s it was question authority. As soon as those people got into power, the people from the 60s got into power, it was, no, no, no need to question authority. Just believe us when we tell you. Uh, <laughs> don't, and so we're now listening to 16-year-olds in the U.N. harangue us about how we have ruined <laughs> their futures, right? You know, they had 500 scientists write a letter to the United Nations saying we don't have a climate emergency, international group of 500 scientists, many who have worked on UN government bodies, that none of them were invited to speak at the UN Climate Summit. But a 16-year-old child, a truant, who's been skipping school for about a year and a half, uh, uh, who who has Asperger's syndrome, which means 
it's, it's a form of autism, which means she has high anxiety all the time. She spent a year, uh, six months not eating. They had to force feed her. Uh, she has high anxiety, and she focuses on things. Like, uh, she's she's such a compulsive. So she got on global warming, and this has become her whole world. And she was invited to speak to the UN, not any of these scientists. And that's the state we're in. Uh, you know, 150 years ago, people stood on street corners with placards saying, the end is near, repent. And, and, and civilized folk crossed the street to avoid them. Now we invite them into the halls of Congress to testify, and we take them as being telling as telling us uh, what we should do. You know, a hundred years ago it was original sin. Now it's the sin of uh, fossil fuel use. You know, I it's it's interesting you bring that up. But that's a whole other discussion. The the religion and the cult of uh, environmentalism, which and I say that from a anthropological terminology, actually from. From, there's very similarities to where they, they do. They position it with original sin. Man has come in and spoiled the Garden of Eden, which is the planet Earth. Um, of course, it's a pre-Darwinian view of humankind. Totally, totally. We're, I, not, I, we're, not, we're not part of nature. We're not part of nature. I, I did want to ask you, since you kind of went, went to this length of things, um, when it comes to this the, the communication and, and some of the... the oil and gas and the fossil fuels and 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 what's really happened with everything where do you think the the, the industry is missing the boat the most when it, when it comes to connecting with people because i'll tell you what i'll go up to somebody and and ask them if they'll you know go, go without their cell phone for a day they say no and i say well would you go without fossil fuels for a day they say absolutely and don't even realize how contradictory that is yeah now the, the where industry has failed is that, the, is that they have tried to buy off the people that are trying to kill their industry. Their argument is, we're green too. That, that, when, they, when their people go to testify, rather than saying fossil fuels have brought billions of people out of poverty, have fed, has, have, have reduced the amount of hunger in this world by hundreds of millions just in the last decade, have, have made... Modern hospitals, possible, all the plastics, the stainless steel, all depend on fossil fuels, the energy that runs them. Rather than, def- rather than not defending their industry, but saying, we are a good industry. They say, oh yeah, we've polluted in the past, but we're getting better and we're going to pollute less in the future. It's like saying, it's like going in and saying, yeah, I, I, I used to beat my wife, but I'm beating her less now and I expect to beat her less in the future. That's not, that's not a winning formula. And, and yet that's what they do. They try and pay environmental groups saying, well, we're, we're, we're supporting the tigers, so leave us alone to drill over here. Well, we're, uh, we're funding this. They give millions of dollars to environmental groups that are attacking them and killing them. You don't fund your enemy. But that's what they're doing. And then they run these PR campaigns, and nobody believes them because they've already been out there saying, yeah, well, we're, we've done bad, but we're going to do better. So, uh, you know, it's, but, but the truth is it's not just them. We have an education system that doesn't tell anybody about the wonders of capitalism. They promote socialism because the education system is a socialist system. I'm they, on. They, 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 they promote, they, they don't talk about the hundreds of millions of people who are no longer hungry, who will, that, that the lifespans are expanding, that infant mortality is declining, that deaths from all sorts of disease and climate itself have declined 
dramatically. You don't see that in any school system. Instead, you see the world is ending because of climate change and with fossil fuels. So it's not just the oil and gas companies not doing a good job promoting their industry. It's we've allowed a whole couple of generations of, of kids to be raised believing that capitalism is evil, having no idea how integral fossil fuels are into their lives. As, as you say, you know they they, they say. We couldn't live without our cell phone, but we can live without fossil fuels. Well, okay, so what's going to charge your cell phone? Where are the plastics going to come from to, to make your cell phone? What's going to be mined to put the rare earths? What's going to be what fuels will be used to mine the rare earths that go into your cell phone and refine your cell phone? They they, they, they don't understand any of that. So you know now if we could for just a moment, I want to go back to something else that that Stenter could talked about. Yeah, because it wasn't just on oil and gas that. Uh, Colorado Democrats, and it was Democrats, not a single Republican, as far as I know, voted for this bill, um, just basically said Colorado voters vote, vote shouldn't shouldn't count. And I, don't, I, I, I honestly, I don't understand this, how you can be so wedded to a national party and don't care about your constituents' wishes at all. Because they passed a bill that said if Coloradans vote in, in, a, in a presidential election, if they vote and the candidate that won in Colorado did not get the popular vote for the nation as a whole, the electors have to go with the popular vote for the nation as a whole. So they're basically saying Colorado voters don't count. They're basically dictating that people from California and New York can dictate to Coloradans who gets their vote for president. Hmm. Now, that's crazy. Why would you undermine the system? It was set up to make sure states are represented, to make sure huge uh, dictatorial majorities don't get to impose their will willy-nilly on every other state, that, 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 that states have a say. As, as John Cook pointed out, much to my dismay, because Texas is a very populous state, um, with this new law, presidential candidates will have no reason to go to Colorado to campaign. The commercials won't run there. Instead, they'll double up in California and, and Texas and New York and all those other places, and sadly, like I said, Texas, because Colorado voters don't count anymore. They only count if, if they're already voting for the, the candidate that wins the popular vote. And if they say, no, we don't like that guy we say, or gal, we think the other person, our vote should go to the other person, too bad. So... Even Colorado voters got fed up with this. When this happened, they were outraged, and they've got an initiative, a ballot initiative, to overturn this law. And that and that happened in a flash, in like two months. They had the they had the signatories necessary. That was just a complete misreading of the Democratic Party of their voters. There's been a couple of them that they've been side side swiped with or left hooked with, and you know the SB 181 after Prop 112. Um, you know, they, they very orchestrated, very, very yeah, uh, it, uh, calculated. Just, time and again, when the Democrats that, that hold the majority and then the, and the governor, from the, who's a Democrat, when it comes to the wishes of the National Party versus the wishes of the voters in Colorado, they consistently side with the National Party. If Nancy Pelosi says it, if Chuck Schumer says it, so it must be here in Colorado. And, and, and voters, you know, Coloradans be damned. That, you know, that, that, that presidential bill, that is a disenfranchisement of Colorado voters. 
it says the votes of people in California count more than you. For us, for, as legislators in Colorado, we've decided we like what the people in California are doing, not what you you who elected us are doing. So what, one That's of the crazy. one of the things that I spoke about at, uh, with Senator Cook at the panel, uh, he sat right. at a, a panel in Gillette, Wyoming, at a conference. And one of the messages that I was trying to get across was that there's a paradigm shift that's happened. And I, I did some name dropping, you know, John Gibson of One Oak and Harold Hamm and uh, Continental and Lee Tillman of Marathon Oil and uh, uh, Ron Gibson of Questar. And it wasn't a name drop. It was to say more of that. These are guys that are top in their industry and they're all talking about a paradigm shift. And they're not just throwing that out as a marketing buzzword. They mean it because of the horizontal drilling and the hydraulic fracturing. And then, when you take the concept of big data and, and, and realize how that's taking hold in the HR departments and out, out in the censoring of the fields and, and logging and recording, that's paradigm shift. And then now when you take a look at the public relations, the, you guys are getting banned in different states. And, and Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren, two presidential candidates, are openly talking about banning the industry. And then the New Green Deal is a whole other thing. So I said, is it time to take a look at a paradigm shift with public relations? And then I folded in what you were talking about, how the, the energy companies, the people they've been giving money to, are not helping them. They're the ones who've gotten them banned. And I went a step further beyond the groups and said, I think you need to check with your politicians, too, because 20 years ago, the energy industry really shifted a lot of their resources towards government affairs to where they actually have departments called government affairs. Do you know what I mean by that? Do you, do you agree or disagree with that kind of that layering analysis? Well, you know, I, 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 I guess I just don't know enough about it to have an educated comment on that. Well, you know, where the, the politicians really have become very left and very right nationally, like, like you were talking about. And that's where I see where the energy industry, a lot of, a lot of it became politicized. And the energy companies did. They, they've donated a lot of money to politicians through the years on both sides. On, uh, from the sure yeah. yeah, and, they, that, they and, wanna, and that's they, what I'm they saying. Have influence. They want to have influence no matter who's in power. But the point is, when you give money to people who are your avowed enemies, in the hopes that you will buy them off, um, <laughs> if they're if they're true believers, if they're not just corrupt and 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 willing to be bought off, you're in trouble because now you've funded your destruction. Look, a few years ago, a, a, a decade ago, a little over a decade ago, the environmentalists were targeting targeting the coal industry. They still are. I mean, they're they're trying yeah. to shut it down as fast as they can, but they were targeting the coal industry. And they were calling natural gas a bridge fuel. We will no, it's okay. We don't need coal because we've got all this natural gas. And we at the time, people like myself, were saying, no, no, no. Now, natural gas companies don't get behind and support this because you think it's going to benefit you, but they'll come after you next. They'll say, no, we made a mistake with that bridge fuel stuff. You're killing the planet too. And, and they said, no, no, we're going to profit off this. We'll shut down our competitor and we'll benefit. And it's like, no, within... Not even a decade. Within you know, within a couple of years, uh, as soon as they'd started giving money to groups that were willing to shut down the coal industry, then the, the people that had been attacking coal and promoting them started attacking them, just like we predicted. When you fund people who fundamentally don't believe in modern society, 
or who think somehow modern society will continue to exist for them and don't care if it, if it exists for anybody else, you know, like the, the, the Hollywood stars who fly in private jets across the country to win environmental awards and then say, you shouldn't take commercial. We need trains uh, for you, but for the hoi polloi, everyone else has to live a simple lifestyle while we jet around the world or yacht around the world uh, to, to receive awards for our environmental purity. Um, when you're giving money to these folks, you are you are literally giving them the gun and the ammunition to shoot you with. There's yeah. No, there's no there's no negotiation with a crocodile. No, I I can see where that helps shape the the politicalness too as well. Oh yeah, I mean if if you're funding that and it's going around saying ban it, it ain't good. So if you're if you're funding a Democrat who who has been. Uh, funded by environmental groups and you say oh i want to influence with him too and you fund him you're just helping him kill you that's you think he'll be nice to you that's but what there's I'm no evidence whatsoever they're going to be nice to you and and for me i you know i, I come from a state where both sides were basically sticking up for the energy industry for a long time and now you know like in colorado you're starting to see fractures you're starting to see some of the some of the blues starting to go away from supporting the industry and going more with the national vote as opposed to what is honestly in the best interest of the local people. That's what's blown my mind. And, and, and the, yeah. yeah, the way that they just lock stock and barrel just start going so national now, it's like, you know, there's no point in having local people anymore. If they're going to do that, I, I, it's just, it's so bizarre to me. It, anyway, it's, it's a different thing. And, and it happened so fast over the course of five, 10 years that, that shift, it seemed like to me. But some of it's not even a shift. If you look at Polis before uh, the current governor, or you look at the current governor, when the current governor was running for election, he said, I don't support the initiative to ban, uh, to basically ban oil and gas drilling. He said he didn't support it. Then he's in office for less than six months, and he's passing a law that's worse than that. Well, that's just outright deception. And he said he doesn't support it. Why? Because it's bad for Coloradans. It's bad for Colorado's economy. And then he passes a law that's worse for Colorado than Colorado's economy. So he just lied. He just lied. And people letting him get away with it. Politicians do that. They, they lie to you. They will tell you that they support you, but then they will vote for a bill that says, but if you don't vote the way Californians vote in the national election, your vote doesn't count. Well, then they don't support you. All right, we better wrap her up here, taking a look at the time and uh, this interview you had. Now, how often do you do you put out uh, interviews or blogs or, or uh, uh, well, newsletters, have, that sort of thing? Uh, at the Heartland Institute, we post a podcast every day. Now, I'm not always the interviewer. Uh, we have one to two environmental podcasts a week, but we also have podcasts on budget and taxes, on education, on school reform, on, uh, on health care, on a variety of, of, of issues that the Heartland Institute uh, covers. We also have, you know, inter written interviews and, and news articles. We have three monthly newspapers. Um, and so we're not hard to find. Look us up and subscribe to, uh, to our daily podcast so you can keep up on the issues not only in Colorado but around the, the country. What's kind of the, the overview of the Heartland Institute for those people listening, maybe not familiar with uh, some of the stances? I am I'm, I mean, listening to the interview, I think a well, lot of people we, have, have an we idea, promote, but... 
we promote private sector solutions to public policy problems. We think that that uh, the, the government doesn't have the answer to all problems, and that government solutions often exacerbate problems or make make things worse. And uh, we try and explain what laws would be uh, beneficial and look at laws currently on the books and say which laws are bad, why they should be rescinded, and which laws being proposed are bad, and why they shouldn't be uh, adopted. 